Well, good morning. Thank you, especially oh, for all of you who came this morning, who braved the cold and who came out on that dreaded middle week of the school holidays where we seem to dip a little bit. But thanks, musicians and those who have come and participated and helped. It's still full of God's presence here this morning. And it's good to be here, isn't it? Yes, excellent. Well, I'm Rebecca, if I haven't met you before. And um, if you've talked to me for any length of time, you'll know that I'm a pretty big fan of the Bible. I really like the Bible. I like it for all sorts of reasons. I like it because God speaks. I'm talking about that this morning. But the Bible is just a very entertaining book. Often I'll be sitting down doing my quiet time and I'll start chuckling to myself because there's some parts of the Bible that are pretty funny, aren't there? Yeah, and generally if I'm preaching on a, part, on a scripture where there's something funny, I'll make sure I draw it to your attention. Well, this morning's scripture, there's probably not anything that funny. But also I have to admit, sometimes the Bible, I feel like I've got to say this quietly, is a bit boring. Has anyone had that experience before? A bit boring? So in my, um, in my quiet time the last month, there was way too many hands for that one. Um, in the last couple of months, the last month or so, I've kind of been reading a New Testament and an Old Testament reading. In my Old Testament reading, I've been working through First and Second Chronicles and it gets a bit boring, you know? Bad king, bad king, bad king, good king, bad king, good king, turn bad, bad king. You know, like the story seems to repeat. I'm like, hang on, didn't I read this a couple of days ago? But it's just the same story about the people of Israel who got things right. And honestly, I just don't understand. I don't understand why every king doesn't come in and destroy all the idols and get rid of all the bad stuff and worship God because that's when things went well. Like to me, I just don't understand it. But then I know in my life I make some dumb decisions as well. But anyway, that's just a prelogue to say, prelogue? A prelude to say, I really love the Bible most of the time. But I acknowledge that sometimes it's hard to read. But we need to remember that the Bible is much more than just a history book of all what happened to these kings and what happened to the people. It's way more than that. The Bible is actually the living word of God. It's alive. It actually teaches us lessons today. It gives us um, insight into, and it almost mentors us in a way, into how to live life to the full, how to have better marriages, how to have better relationships, how to make good career decisions, how to, how to, how to be warned, or it warns us, if you like, against things that we could do wrong. It, it gives us signs that may alert us that we're being tempted. It can keep us from the pitfalls of, um, that destroy our lives and destroy others' lives. It's not fiction. It's packed with real people and real stories and real bad kings and some real good kings. But it's not necessarily all good, but we can learn so much from the Bible. I don't know about you, but some of the um, bosses that I've worked for that I've learned the most from have been bad bosses. Bosses that actually have taught me how I don't want to be as a leader, as a boss. And um, I could give you some examples today, but I'll going to stay on track and do a good time this morning. I'm going to, I'm going to win, Phil. <laughs> so, the Bible. So many of the characters have died, but the lessons have not. And I just want to encourage you, if you're not spending time, I know I say this a lot of weeks, if you're not spending time reading the Bible, but you're struggling with life, I want to encourage you to give it a go, to go back to reading the Bible, to spend some time learning the good and the bad from, um, from the Bible and from the Bible characters. 1 Corinthians 10, 11 says about the Bible characters, about some of these people that we're going to look at over the next seven weeks, says, now these things happen to them, all sorts of things. These things happen to them as an example and they were written for our instruction. The Bible's there 
with the good and bad stories for our instruction to teach us how to do things and how not to do things. The Bible is useful. We find so many bits of wisdom. And so over the next seven weeks, we're going to consider some indispensable wisdom. I think that's what we've called the series, indispensable. Is that what we settled on, Phil? Indispensable. Indispensable wisdom for life. And I hope that it gets you, if nothing else, just points you back to being more excited about the Bible. And as with any sermon series, it helps you to encounter Jesus and have him to teach you some of life's wisdom. So today, the first bit of indispensable wisdom that for some reason I chose to, or got chosen to preach on rather than Phil, and I have no idea why, is listen well. Listen well. So I want to start by, by bringing to light a few of those, um, a few of the stats that were kind of hinted at in the video that Phil played earlier. There's so many things that distract us, right? And I think more than ever, we've got some of these distractions. So here are some things that apparently researchers have found. So this was researchers. Microsoft did some research as to, they wanted to analyze the productivity of their workers. And so they decided that these things were true after doing some research. So apparently, you can take or leave these, ringing phones and email alerts lower IQs by 10 points. So what they did was they were getting people to do IQ tests and when there was phones ringing in the background or phones buzzing in people's pockets, apparently their results were 10 points lower than when they did it without those distractions. That's, that's significant, like when we're needing to problem solve and, and listen. 85%, oh, where are we? 60% of phone users check emails in the bathroom. 60%. That's gross, <laughs> sorry, it's pretty gross. 85% um, of computer users say they would take a laptop on a vacation. That's always a bad idea. That's gonna go wrong. Phil takes his laptop, I don't take mine, just, just so you know. Um, employees visit an average of 40 websites a day. I don't know how many of those are work-related, but 40 websites a day, Microsoft found out. Employers, I think they go on, employers consider one in three emails unnecessary. So a third of that big, massive inbox, absolutely unnecessary, useless stuff. 85% of emails are opened within two minutes. Now, the thing that I have with this stat is if that's actually true, why is no one responding to my emails? I just figure that people aren't getting them, but apparently 85% of, of emails are opened in two minutes. Employers, employees spend two hours of the workday on email. That's a long time. And this is um, honesty check maybe this morning. You can 15% of people have checked their email in church. 15%. So that'd be like basically the band. You guys all been on your email so far today? Oh, that, that was two nods. Wow. <laughs> Telling the truth. But it's not just about that, that, um, that initial interruption. But Microsoft Research says that actually once someone's been interrupted from a task they're at, on, it takes about 24 minutes for their minds to focus and get back onto the task after an interruption. Interruptions, distractions are everywhere. We're bombarded with voices, bits of information, relentlessly, all the time. And amongst these voices, we were reminded today, weren't we, that God is speaking. God is speaking. He's been speaking since the world began, long before the world began. It says in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word of God. What he wanted to communicate was there in the beginning. The Word was with God and the Word was God. 
So the real question we should be asking not is, is God speaking, but are we listening? Are we listening? All around us, God is speaking. He's guiding. He's encouraging. He's coaching. He's trying to stop us from doing things. He's trying to encourage us to do other things. But there's so many distractions, so much information around that it's hard to focus in on what God is saying. How do we learn to listen? Well, I want to tell you, while all this information relates to technology that I've shared briefly this morning, listening has always been hard. We've been distracted right through the ages with many things. And maybe in our day and age, technology is a big deal, but there's always been something. And we can learn from the Bible, even though there wasn't the same level of technology then. And one person we can learn from, and many of you, you would have heard this story before, and it's been a very long time since I've preached on this story, and I was encouraged as I um, read it and analysed it again over the last few weeks, that God's got something to say to me through this story. So we're going to learn this morning from a woman called Mary. Mary from Bethany. Many of you would know her as the Mary in the Mary and Martha story. And through this little snapshot of her life, I think that we can gain some valuable lessons about the priority of listening. See, Mary and Martha, they were sisters and they lived together and they spent most of their their lives at each other's side. But in today's scripture, we see that only one of them got was what was really necessary, what was the most important thing. So would you turn, if you've got your Bibles there with me, to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Luke 10, 38 to 42, fairly short reading. I'm going to read it from the message paraphrase this morning, but I'm also going to refer to it later from the NIV. So if you've got your Bibles there, pull them out and have a look as I read. As they continued their travel, Jesus entered a village. A woman by the name of Martha welcomed him and made him feel quite at home. She had a sister, Mary, who sat before the master, hanging on every word he said. But Martha was pulled away by all she had to do in the kitchen. Later, she stepped in, interrupting them. Master, don't you care that my sister has abandoned the kitchen to tell to me? Tell her to lend me a hand. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, You're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. Only one thing is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course, and it won't be taken from her. It's a challenging reading for those of us who like to do. Martha had forgotten the best. And it's kind of a little bit fair enough, in my opinion, (laughs) It seemed that one day Martha's there and suddenly she has 13 people arrive on her doorstep. Who's catered for more than 13 people? It's a big job, right? It's a big job. Some of you have got big families and do it regularly. It's almost my worst nightmare. Now, I'm telling you that if 13 of you suddenly dropped into my house for dinner, I would be ringing my local Thai place and getting delivery. That's what I would be doing. If, if it was closed, I'd be ringing for pizza. But Martha couldn't ring for takeaway. They didn't have cars, they didn't have takeaway places. And so what Martha had to do, think about it. There were no freezers to keep ready-made foods in. Martha probably had to grind up some flour and bake bread. She probably had to kill a chicken or two, maybe even a goat. She probably had to milk the cow, go to the city for the well for some fresh water. Maybe she even had to do some house cleaning, imagine that. But you get the picture, Martha was busy. There was reason why she had things to do. 
Verse 40 says, though, that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Distracted. And that Greek word for distracted, I'm not sure if I've got it up there today, means to be pulled away and to be divided, to be, to be dragged away, to be pulled away, to be divided. Martha's service literally pulled her away, divided her from what we see was the most important thing. Martha had wanted to listen, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure that she wasn't serving Jesus because she didn't want to hear from him. But being the good hostess she was, she was constantly jumping up and down, getting done what needed to get done to feed 13 guests. And so in, in contrast to Martha, Mary, her sister, sat and listened. Verse 39 says, Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. He said, this was customary for students to sit at the feet of their teacher. And so like a student wanting to learn, desperate to hear from the master, she sat there learning from Jesus. And so Martha, as we heard, didn't appreciate this. She notices Mary sitting down. She's feeling exhausted with these preparations for all these guests and she's probably going to be feeding Mary as well. And so instead of saying to Mary, or maybe she'd already hinted, I'm sure like, if it had been my house, I probably would have gone and nudged someone and like, you know, whispered in their ear, are you going to get up and help me? I, that may have happened. We don't have that recorded. But she obviously gets so frustrated that she says to Jesus, Jesus, Master, don't you care? that Mary's not doing anything. My sister has left me to do all the work by myself. She's like, that's it. I need some help. Too many times we view this story of Martha and Mary as Martha being bad and Mary as being good. We don't know if Mary had started helping. It does say that my sister has left me to do all the work. She could have had been joined her in the beginning and then thought enough is enough and sat down. We don't really know the details like that. But we do notice that Jesus didn't condemn Martha for serving. He didn't say, you were being a bad hostess or I don't want you to be a hostess. And it's very obvious that both Martha and Mary love Jesus very deeply. They are glad that he's there. And the Bible does teach us, doesn't it, that the Christian life, the life of following Jesus is expressed in listening and building a relationship with Jesus and in serving, in doing, in helping, in being, not just learning. We do need to show our love in faith, of love and our faith in our service. We are called to minister to the physical needs of people, of people that Jesus sends us that come with Jesus into our building, into our homes, into our communities, into our workplaces. In fact, the story of Mary and Martha, if you want to flick back in your Bible, it comes straight after the story of the Good Samaritan, where the person that was told was doing the right thing was the person that stopped and met the needs rather than went on to the temple to worship Jesus clean. We know that Martha was doing the right thing in serving in meeting the needs of Jesus. Jesus didn't condemn her for serving. What he rebuked her for was for being so distracted from, by serving that she neglected what was better. Martha, Martha, he says, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. You see, there comes a time for all of us where we need to stop and listen Sit at the feet of Jesus. Hear what he has to say to us. 
Hear his heart. Learn who he is. Understand our master. Jesus was only there for a certain amount of time. It was time for Martha to look and see what was better. What was the better thing? You know, Mary in this moment had figured it out. Other times we see Mary doing things for Jesus. She knew in this moment, though, she was to spend time with Jesus. She had to be his guest. Nothing, absolutely nothing is any more important than being the guest of Jesus, than hearing what he has to stay to say. And to us, that means everything in our life, a productive business, a successful family, whatever that looks like, whatever that is, regular church attendance even, which is good, Nothing is more important than listening to Jesus, than being with Jesus. A new car, an immaculate house, fancy food, nothing is more important. Remember what Jesus said, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, if everything else is in order, yet he forfeits his soul. He doesn't get his soul fed. He doesn't understand the purpose of life that Jesus wants to teach us. Mary has chosen what is better. Work and service, both good, but if it comes down to it, we can't work without listening to, to Jesus. Not work and service, work and listening. If we get too busy, we need to stop. We need, we need to realise when we're neglecting prayer, when we're neglecting the word, when we're neglecting meeting together with other Christians who will encourage us. When we, when we don't have time for Christian teaching and sharing, when we don't have time just to stop in God's presence each day, then we are too busy. The Bible's indispensable wisdom teaches us that God's word, hearing from him, is the most important thing for us, his followers. You know, Jesus knows our need for food, for clothing, for shelter, for recreation. He knows our need to pay bills he knows that sometimes there's work we simply have to get done. He expected to be served in some capacity when he turned up. He sent out his disciples and said, arrive at people's door and if they don't serve you, then, then leave. You know, he, he knew that people needed to be served, things needed to be done. But in this moment, one thing was necessary. And if we're going day after day after day without those moments of stopping and listening to our Lord, then something has gone a bit wrong with our service. Mary chose the better thing. And we too can choose to listen to Jesus. But listen doesn't, listening doesn't come automatically for most of us. For most of us, it's a learned thing. And most importantly, it's a conscious choice to carve out time to listen. Luke 10, 42. Mary has chosen the good part. Chosen it not fallen into it or happened to just be sitting there, so stayed there. She chose what was best in that moment. I tend to get too busy to listen. I'm pretty sure some of you are the same. I have to be intentional, make a choice, take time each day where it's in my diary to listen to God. Take time regularly to remove myself from the everyday and to go and do something different, to put myself in a place where I'm more attuned to listening to God's voice. Because you see, we need to hear from God way more than he needs to hear from us. And we're invited to learn from him, to sit at his feet and to hear his indispensable wisdom, things that will make us, make our lives those full lives that he's promised us. 
I think most of us who have been Christians a while get pretty good at praying, at telling God what we need, saying that we need this, guide me, help me, bless me, change me, forgive me. But often we forget to stop and to listen. And I know this is a very basic message this morning, but I think it's a reminder that we all need. It's a reminder that I need today and hopefully this will be a bit of a draw a line in the sand day for you as well. How would you respond if a friend called you up and said, hey Rebecca, how are you? Well actually I'm doing pretty good and um, this is happening for me and work's going pretty good and I really need some help with some medical stuff and this is going on. Okay, bye, see you. We'd be at the other end saying, oh, okay. Okay. And God just so desperately is like that other friend at the other end of the phone who probably has some wisdom to give us, some advice, wants wants to tell us a little bit about how they've experienced that. Of course we would give our friends time. Of course we would give our families time. And this morning I want to invite you to make sure you're giving God time to talk to you. That you're giving God time to converse, to let you know who he is and what he wants to do in your life. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. In being still, it's how we get to know who God is. It's in listening and waiting for him, sitting at his feet, hearing from the master, that we understand who he is and the best way to live if we're going to try to follow him. Listening to God helps us see him more clearly, helps us to shift our perspective from an earthly, everyday, cluttered life to one where we see things from God's vantage point, where we see things from where he is standing. As always, I don't want to just leave you with, so go home and listen. If you're struggling with listening, I want to give you just a few ideas, a couple of little ideas as we finish this morning. If you don't know how to listen... The best way to listen, anyone that's done a coaching course or anything about listening, the best way to listen is to ask questions. To ask questions. Do you have some questions you need to ask God today? Lord, what are you saying to me about this? Lord, I've just told you life is feeling tough. What do you want to teach me in this season? What today do you want to tell me about my heart? What today do you want to tell me about my attitude, about my anger, about my insecurity? What do you want to teach me? And my second bit of advice, ask questions. And my second bit of advice, as with anything that we prioritise, schedule it in. Put in 10 minutes a day in your diary and treat it like an appointment you would with anybody else. If you've promised your mum you're going to call her, I'm going to call my mum because otherwise I'll be feeling guilty and getting in trouble. So put it in your diary. Call. Make an appointment to meet with God. Start maybe with five, ten minutes. It can be a long time when you're just sitting there. Ask him questions and see what he has to say. As the ensemble comes up today, I just want to give you some final encouragement as we close. If you haven't been a great listener to God in the past or you're going through a season where maybe you haven't heard from God for a while or you haven't taken that time to make it a priority, I want to encourage you that it's not too late to take hold of this piece of wisdom. Martha might not have chosen what is best on one occasion, but there was hope. 
At other occasions, she had intimate conversations with Jesus. In John 11, for example, Jesus initiated a conversation with Martha where he guides her towards making the most powerful statement of faith. In verse 27 of John 11, she says, Yes, Lord, she told him, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. In his conversation on the road with Martha, Jesus helps her to make one of the most revealing statements about him that the scripture records. In that moment where Martha was still and listening to God, she knew him. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. And my prayer for us as individuals, as a church family who's trying to reach out to our community, is that each of us would know more about who God is, that we'll be so sure that, that Jesus is the Son of God and that he makes a difference in our world, that it will give us that boldness we've been talking about that we need as a church. Mary listened at Jesus' feet with the disciples. But then we see here a time Martha was given her own private tutoring lesson with the Master. It's never too late to stop and to listen and to hear what God wants to say to us. We're just going to have some music play for a while and I know it's been a fairly reflective service, but we're going to stop again for a moment. We're going to listen. Say, maybe we need to confess, God, at times I've forgotten the best. I've been distracted and pulled away by many things, many good things, but I need to stop and I need to get the best today. Never want to allow myself to be so busy about any business, but even about kingdom business, that I forget to worship the King, to hear from the King, to know the King's heart. So here we are, God, to worship. Here we are to be still and to know more today who you are. Just ask God to speak to us for a moment. Maybe ask one of those questions. God, what are you saying to me today? What do you want to teach me? Show me the good things in my trial. God, is there something you need to point out in my life? Some area, some insecurity, some failing that you need to show me and help me to bring to you for forgiveness? Is there some area you want to restore my life? Maybe ask God that this morning. Maybe as you're still and get to know God, you need to understand Him in some new way. Maybe today you need a reminder that He's your rock. Maybe God's saying, today I'm your guide. I'm your counsellor. I'm your companion. I'm your saviour. I'm your redeemer. we ask that you would 
be our master, be our teacher. Help us to always listen to your voice above the many voices that come our way. Help us to hear what you have to say and who you are amidst the distractions of life. God, help us to fall in love with your word. Help us not to dismiss the many words of the Bible because we don't understand some of them. Give us a renewed passion to spend time with you and to learn from you. We pray today. Would you like to stand as we sing this song, Here I Am to Worship. Here I am to bow down, or maybe you need to think in your, in your mind, here I am to kneel at your feet and listen to you, to say you're my God and I want to hear from you today.